Our scripture this morning comes to us from Matthew chapter 20, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 16. Listen now for a word from God. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same, and about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, will you also go into the vineyard? When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat? But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm not doing you any wrong. Didn't you agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is God's word to us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you again for today. And God, thank you for your word, for these stories passed down over all these years. God, I pray that you would refresh it for us this morning. God, whatever words we would hear would come from you and not from me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many of you know I I wasn't here last week. Um, I didn't plan to not be here, and I want to share a little bit about what happened um, I had a panic attack late Saturday night, and um, I want you to know it is not the church's fault that I had a panic attack, okay? I would not be standing here right now with no notes talking to you <laughs> if it was the church's fault, but there were some other things happening in life that triggered a, uh, a pretty bad panic attack, and um, I went to the hospital because I didn't know what was happening, and uh, I get to the station, you know, where you check in, and and I'm sort of out of breath, and I can't, <laughs> I can't answer their questions. And finally, they get me in the chair to take my vitals, and I'm convinced that it's going to be the worst news in the world because this is the story I've been telling myself all night. And I feel it, you know. Y- if you've ever had one, you know you, you really feel it. And I sit down, and everything's fine, and they look, and they go, I, you seem pretty healthy. Good blood pressure, good heart rate. You're doing fine. And I was like, well, hold, hold on, Sarah, Sarah, hold on. Can you, can you have them take my temperature? <laughs> they take my temperature. It's totally normal. Okay, but can they check those things again? Yeah, they checked them again, Garrett. You're, 
you're fine. You need to go sit down. I was telling myself a story in that chair, and the nurses were telling a story, <laughs> and the two were sort of in conflict, you know? And I was having a really, really hard time accepting the truth. I'm okay. We've all seen in the news that there's a lot of strikes going on right now. I just read that UAW uh, just expanded its strike. Is that right? Is anyone involved in that here? I know that it's kind of close to home. Anyone? Yeah. So uh, y'all are on strike right now, and, and good for you. Um, you know, these strikes are going on not just here, but in California as well. The actors and the writers, all of these people are on strike as well. And at the core of these strikes, I'm not going to pretend to know more than, than what I've read, but at the core of it are these stories that are being told back and forth. There's a union story, and then there's uh, what, what I'll call a corporate overlord story that's being told. And, and I just want to share what maybe some of those are, I've, and I've written some down. So fr from the union's perspective, here are some stories that you might hear. Workers united for fair wages and a better tomorrow. Standing up to corporate greed one day at a time. Our families deserve more than empty promises. These are, these are all stories. I'll keep going. When labor is undervalued, the whole community suffers. Every worker deserves a livable wage. Safety and fairness aren't bonuses, they're basics. In unity, their strength. You'll hear some version of that from the union back and forth, no matter if it's UAW or the actors and writers. And then from the corporate overlords, here, here's what you'll hear. Something like this. Striving for solutions to support our entire family of employees. Balancing the needs of workers, consumers, and stakeholders. Economic realities demand tough decisions for long-term sustainability. A prosperous future requires understanding and collaboration. Prioritizing the greater good for all. Endeavoring for harmony. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Endeavoring for harmony in these testing times. These stories are going to be launched back and forth, and you get to read about them in the news until a deal is struck. And the deal is essentially this, that we're telling one story over here, and y'all are telling one story over here, and hopefully we can meet somewhere in the middle to begin telling one story, a story that sort of covers up all those stories that are being lobbied back and forth, one that we can all agree on at least for the next seven years, 10 years, 20 years, and move forward on. Just before Jesus tells this story that we read this morning, this young man walks up to him. He's with his disciples, and they're walking somewhere um, to do something. And uh, this guy walks up to him, and he says, Teacher, teacher, please, 
one question. What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, I think, is kind of in a hurry because he doesn't even really ask a a question back to him. He he doesn't really say anything, at least in this version. He just, he says, well, you know what to do, don't you? You have to keep the commandments. Go keep the commandments. You you know what to do, don't you? Keep the commandments. Do what's righteous. And he, he keeps moving. And the guy is persistent, this young man, he's like, hey, but hold on, hold on, teacher, I, I have kept the commandments. I've, I've kept all of the law, I've, I've given to widows and orphans, I've done everything that I need to, I'm asking you, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? And Jesus kind of pauses in this moment, and I think begins to intuit from this young man that he's a little bit worried. And he also sees that this young man is very rich because of the clothes that he's wearing, the way his hair is kind of oiled, the way he smells. And he looks at him, and he knows a few things. One is that at the time, the dominant story of their culture was that if you kept the law, you were righteous. And there was a very easy way to, I mean, I don't want to say easy, there was a way to keep the law. And you could follow it. And you could go step by step. And you could know that, oh, I'm going to inherit eternal life because I did X and I did Y and I did Z. But this young man's not telling that story. At least he's not believing it. There's also a story going around at the time that said something like this. And we actually, we're still telling this story today. And it's, it's sort of annoying to me. And that story is that if you're rich, you are blessed by God. Y'all ever heard a preacher say that? If you're rich, if you're rich, you are blessed by God because obviously you've done something great in your life. And obviously if you've done something great, you deserve to be rewarded. And who's the one that's going to reward you? Well, that's God. This is a story going on at the time that if you're rich, you're blessed by God, which also would mean you're going to inherit eternal life. Now, the other side of that story and the thing that annoys me is that If you're poor, that's your fault. And if you're poor, you're sinful. And if you're poor, God's mad at you. And if you're poor, well, you better get your life together because you're not doing something right. But this young man, he's not even telling that story and believing it. And so Jesus kind of has this moment with him and says, you know what? If the whole rich thing isn't working for you, and if the keeping the law thing isn't working for you, well, why don't you go sell everything and come follow me? Now, we know how this story ends, right? This guy walks away very sad because he had a lot of money. He had a lot of wealth. I've heard some pastors say, well, we don't really know if he didn't do it. And I kind of want to say, yeah, we do. (laughs) He did not give up that wealth. (laughs) He walked away very sad for a reason. Now, maybe we could hold out hope, but uh, I don't think the writer is projecting that. Now, Peter is listening to this whole conversation, and Peter's picking up on a few things. He's thinking, okay, well, I was born poor, (laughs) and I thought there was something wrong with me, and I gave up everything to follow Jesus, even though I didn't have a lot, but I gave up everything, and I was one of the first ones to follow Jesus. 
and he's, this is just spinning in his mind as they keep kind of walking down the road, and he can't, he can't contain it anymore, and he finally says, Teacher, what are we going to get <laughs> if we sold everything to follow you? We were one of the first ones. I mean, how much greater is our reward going to be, he asks, because he's telling himself a story that if you do all of these things, maybe you won't just get eternal life. Maybe there will be something on top of that. And I think Jesus, with a kind of sarcastic and tongue-in-cheek remark, says to Peter and to all the other disciples, right, because they're, they're in the same boat. They gave away everything they followed, so they're kind of leaning in like, oh, what do we get? <laughs> we must be doing all right. Jesus says, well, I'll tell you what. When we get into heaven, y'all are going to sit on 12 thrones, and you're going to judge the 12 tribes, and you'll be exalted, and everyone will look to you with honor and respect. And the reason I say it's tongue-in-cheek and a little bit sarcastic is that right at the end, he turns it. And he says to them, he says, but just remember, Peter, just remember, disciples, that many who are first are going to be last, and many who are last are going to be first. And then he launches into this story. He says, you know, there was this farmer who had a vineyard and Let's say it was, it was time for harvest, and he knew he was going to need a lot of workers. So he went out into the marketplace, and uh, it was really early in the morning, 6 a.m., and he's going to hire some guys to come and, and do some work. And, and he finds a few, and they agree on a price, and so those guys, they get off and they go to work. Well, about 9 o'clock, he goes out again because he, he doesn't have enough help. And so he goes right back out into the fields, and, or excuse me, the marketplace, and he's going to find a few more people. And he finds them, and he says, hey, quick get to the vineyard, there's a lot of work to do, I'll pay you what is fair. Same thing happens at noon. There's not enough work. At three, and then finally at, at five o'clock, it's about an hour before quitting time. He goes back out, and I don't even know if he's really looking for, you know, workers at this point, but he finds some people, and they're standing around at the place where you'd normally be hired. He says, what are you doing? Why are you standing here? Why are, you, why are you working? And they say, well, no one hired us, so we're just still waiting. We're not going to have any food to feed our family tonight. We're not going to have any money to pay the bills. But we thought, you know, we can't go home empty-handed, so we thought we just would wait. We'd wait. And this guy says, all right, get to the field. <laughs> go. And so the, the, the farmer goes back and he says to his manager, this vineyard, he says, look, when you start paying everyone, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay the people that came in last, those people I just hired that have been working for like 15 minutes. And I want you to pay them what you're going to pay everyone else. So everyone I hired from 5 o'clock to 3 o'clock to noon to 9 to 6 a.m., you're going to pay them the same thing. And so as the workers are coming in from the day and they're lining up in front of this, what I imagine is like this manager's desk where he's counting the money and kind of, you know, writing things in his little book. Um, he, he's paying these people, and the people at the back of the line who've been working all day, they're kind of craning their necks around saying, hold on, are they really paying? Oh, my gosh. They're getting that much money for 30 minutes? And they start talking amongst themselves. 
Can you imagine how much we're going to get? They've been working 30 minutes, and we agreed on this, and they're, they're using all their fingers and toes to count how much money they're about to get, right? And then it comes to them, and they get the exact same thing. And they start telling a story. These people at the back of the line, they start telling, they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're paying them for 30 minutes of work what you paid us for an entire day's worth. You think they're worth the exact same amount as we are. In fact, they get so angry, they go to the owner of the vineyard. They say, listen, what is this? What, what is this? And they tell him their story. And he s says, essentially, I, this is a paraphrase, it's my money, I'm going to do with it what I want. <laughs> and you seem to be upset that I'm generous. Now, the other people who are at the front of the line, they're, they're telling a very different story, aren't they? These people at the back of the line that were counting on their fingers and toes how much they thought they were going to get, in their disappointment, they tell one story. But on the other side, these people at the front of the line, they didn't think they were going to get anything that day. And so the fact that they got something, they're like, oh, my, oh, my goodness. I can't believe the generosity of this person. I can't believe that there's a farmer that would do this. I can't believe that I get to go to my family and say, I did find work, and we are going to eat, and I am going to be able to pay my bills. I can't believe the generosity and grace. And you know what's funny? Some of y'all are telling those same stories right now, aren't you? Some of you are listening to this like, Jesus, I do not like that story. <laughs> those people that work 12 hours, they do deserve a lot more because we live in a meritocracy. The more you do means the more you get. But in God's world... There's a different story being told. And it doesn't really have a lot of logic. <laughs> but it does have a lot of grace. A lot of generosity. You know, outside of these economic issues, we all tell stories to ourselves, don't we? We tell stories about who we are, actually. We tell stories about our friends, about our family, about our spouses. We tell stories about the churches we belong to. We tell stories about the city we live in. We tell stories about the world that we inhabit. We're always telling stories. And it's actually a very helpful thing because, you know, it, it helps us orient our world. It helps us kind of make sense of things, especially, you know, now when <laughs> it seems like chaos is sort of reigning quite a bit. We need stories to help guide us. Show us the way. And I, I just want to read some of the stories that I think maybe we tell ourselves that are unhelpful. Kind of like those workers that are standing at the back of the line expecting something they didn't get. And maybe you tell yourself some of these stories. One, I'm not good enough. You ever told yourself that? Success means having a lot of money and status, keeping up with everyone else that has a lot of money and status. I'm destined to fail because 
Everyone else in my family failed, and I'm going to turn out just like them. I don't deserve happiness. Others have it easier than I do. I have to be strong and not show weakness. Men don't talk about their emotions. Men don't cry. If I'm not perfect, I'm a failure. I have to be in a loving, romantic relationship in order to be a complete human being. If people knew the real me, they wouldn't like me. They'd run me out of here. I'm not smart, I'm not talented, I'm not skilled enough. I'll never achieve my dreams. Or this one, which I love. I've got to put everyone else's needs and desires and wants ahead of my own because that's what Jesus would do, and I've got to be a good Christian and take care of everyone else before I focus on me. It's a story of self-neglect. All of them are essentially that. These stories can hurt us. They can tear us down. They can limit our world. They can ruin us. And I'm afraid that more often than not, these are some of the stories we're telling ourselves. And it might be good for us to recognize that God is telling a very, very different story about us. God is saying you are good enough. God is saying you do have gifts and talents and fruits that have been endowed to you from the Spirit. God is saying you are loved and you are accepted. God is saying we do not live in a world of scarcity where some should have very little and some should have a whole lot. God is saying there's enough for everybody. Friends, I invite us this morning to wonder what stories we are telling ourselves, what stories we're telling about our world, about our family, about our jobs, about whatever. And I invite you to wonder, is that story that I've been telling about this or that, is that the same story that God would tell? about it? And if not, how might that story change? Because I think if you can change the story that you're telling about yourself, about your world, you actually have a little bit of control over how things go for you. You can shape your direction. You can shape your outcome. And so I invite you to do that this week. Just wonder about those stories you tell and ask, is that the same story that God is telling? Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you again for today and thank you for your word. God, I pray that whatever stories we would tell would be the stories that you are telling us. In Jesus' name, amen.